Hello, welcome to Not Simply Syndicated Movie News. Um, it's just me and Jen this week, because everyone else is slacking off in various different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They <laughs> know who they are. Actually, they're not at all. Just Boz is slacking off. Rick's actually doing more work. So well done <laughs> <Right>. there. And <laughs> shame on you, Boz. You should be podcasting, not living your life. Yeah, what is this social thing? I mean, no idea. No, no idea. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I kind of just, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying the summer at the moment because it's, as we were just saying, it's swelteringly hot and I, I like all this. And I'm kind of in a summer special kind of mood. So yeah. I thought, what if we just forget the movie news and talk about our favorite summer blockbuster movies? Mm hmm works for me so yeah this that's what we're going to do this week no no news if you want the movie news it's just google and shit you know what do you think we get it <laughs> right <laughs> exactly we, we're not we're not hollywood insiders at all um so so we the, the we've picked 10 each um and and we're just sort of going to go through them one at a time. I, I assume we'll take we'll just take it in turns. Yeah, um, that's fine. There will then there's a possibility there could be overlap here. Oh, I have a good feeling. <laughs> well, I don't know because I've tried to pick some weird stuff. Okay. I, right. Well, anyway, let's let's just get started. We'll see what happens. This could be a monumental mess, but probably not. So we'll be fine. Do you want to start with one? Oh, do I want to go from 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? Let's go 10 to 1 because then it gets more exciting as we go along. Okay. Well, uh, I, I got a list and then my husband made his own list, so I have two lists. Um, my number 10 is Jaws. First one is Overlap. Boom. There we go. <laughs> and I was probably going to say Jaws at number 10 as well. Um, I mean, that, that's the movie that defined the summer blockbuster to begin with. It had to be on there. Oh, absolutely it had to be on there um it came out well before i was born i say that four years and it was a summer film and i was born it probably three and a bit years mm-hmm. um so obviously i didn't see it as a summer blockbuster or in fact on many years later because you don't show jaws to a, an infant that's no and i was actually born the year it came out so i obviously didn't see it in the theater either yeah <laughs> Uh, but you're absolutely right. This is the film that invented summer blockbustering. Mm-hmm. Um, other films took it and run with it, but it, it's such a... Do you know what the thing is with Jaws? I, I, I kind of feel bad that it is lumped in with the, the summer blockbuster phenomenon because summer blockbusters are popular. They're not necessarily good. Hmm, true. Independence Day. Yeah, that's actually not on my list. <laughs> Nor mine. Um, but, you know, that that's what it is, because the blockbuster refers to the box office. But mm-hmm. Jaws, as a film, is perfect. Mm-hmm. You can make fun of the shark. You can do that. But would it have been a better film with a better shark? I don't mm. think so. Probably not now. I I love that film. Absolutely, yeah. Th- yeah. Now that we're old enough to actually watch it without completely, you know, crapping our pants. 
<laughs> well, I've, I've always had trouble going back in the sea. I'll be honest with you. Um, because mm. you just every God, do you not have it? Do, how do you how do you have seen this film, and then for the rest of your life, go out into the sea, perhaps on a little airbed, and as you're on this little airbed in the sea, that scene of the child being eaten in half is playing on your head. I, oh, I, for me, it's the very first scene where the girl gets dropped under the water like that scared the crap out of me because you didn't see the shark in that first scene it does a good job of ramping it up doesn't it especially with the music and i mean it's just perfect suspense right there it really is mm-hmm. um and and a word to the wise pretending to be attacked by a shark in the water actually attracts sharks oh okay that's that's new for me <laughs> it really does um because you you are uh, th- what they're attracted to is the the scent or electrical impulse signal, whatever, from mm. a creature in distress, because oh. a creature in distress is easy dinner. So if Understood. you yeah, <laughs> so if you get in and pretend to be in distress, sharks like oh yeah, I, I can have him. So that, yeah, that probably explains when there's a group of sharks and one of them is injured, the others attack it. Yeah, and the whole feeding frenzy thing and how mm-hmm. things in the water cause lots of them to turn up, and that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's anyone not seen Jaws? It's one of those, if you're an adult now, you must have seen Jaws. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it's, it's why I would have, on my rating of movies, a five-star film is the, you haven't seen that, we're going to watch it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Jaws is a... A five-star film. Yeah, there you, yeah, exactly. Uh, do you want to hear what my husband's number 10 was? Yeah. National Lampoon's Vacation. That's also on my list. <laughs> <laughs> the Griswolds. It's all about the Griswolds and their, you know, cross-country trip. <laughs> I, I, I love that movie as well. Um, <laughs> Well, I, yeah, let's let's talk about National Lampoon's Vacation as well. We're chipping yes. away, at my, away at Milers pretty quick here. Um, <laughs> so, th- was this the first national? Was it the first National Lampoon movie? No, Animal House was another, which is also on my husband's list, by the way. Right. That was a National Lampoon film. Um, animal House came before Vacation, but they're both, you know, classics. Toga. <laughs> I, I am convinced that uh, part of the reason for my first university experience not going well was the fact that within the first couple of weeks, I saw the movie National Lampoon's Animal House for for the first time. And you sort of said it in your head like, oh, that's what I'm meant to be doing. Okay, then. And- well, I mean, <laughs> considering these kids, the kids in this particular fraternity are just the the ultimate, you know, slacker students, not student people in this fraternity. <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was me. And not, not, it's worth noting as well, while it's a sort of college comedy, not, a, not, a, not anyone of college age on that cast. No, no, not at all. <laughs> you know, it's like us being in a movie. So, hey, we're college kids. Like, I, I don't think you are, but okay. Um, yeah, I think that was one of Kevin Bacon's very 
Kevin Bacon's very first films. I know Friday, the one of the Friday Thirteenth movies was one like his very first, and then Animal House was another of like his very first roles. It was as well, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I mean, he's he's even good in that. You can't go wrong with Kevin Bacon, and that's always been true. Mm-hmm. But National <laughs> Lampoon's Vacation is yeah. just. It's one of those films that just has so many special moments in it. And it's it's difficult to talk about it without just starting to list these moments. Well, that's how comedy films are. They always have those moments that you talk about. Mm. Uh, and th- this is full of just so many of them. I mm-hmm. kind of feel like, apart from the really absurdist ones, a lot of us, if you've been on a family vacation, might have gone through something similar to some of these situations well you probably didn't tie the dog to the back bumper of the car <laughs> that's no. probably the grossest you, one you, you didn't time. drive along with dead grandma tied to the roof of the car uh yeah you said that like oh once we did no, but generally <laughs> no but no. things like i mean we found ourselves like in the suddenly you're in the really bad part of town mm-hmm. and just don't stop. Just just keep on driving. And Clark Griswold doesn't do that. Um, yeah. You've got so many famous people in this as well. John Candy at the end. Mm-hmm. Eugene Levy sells him the car. Dennis Quaid is his cousin or whatever. Yeah. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Oh, okay, the Quaid brothers. I usually get them backwards. <laughs> Isn't it weird that they're brothers? Yeah, they don't seem like they would be brothers, but they are. They're two very different people there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it, it, this, this film just introduces us to so many characters that you're going to watch in film after film for years. You've got to have seen this. Mm-hmm, exactly. But again, this came out in 19... It was the early 80s. 83. Yeah. And it's got F-bombs in it, so I didn't see it. For- well, and it's also got Christy Brinkley naked, even though you don't see anything. So That's true. Yeah. It was Christy Brinkley, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Seemed to marry and then later cheat on Billy Joel. <laughs> I thought he cheated on her. I, I, hmm. this, I, I think the story was, right, she, got cheated, she cheated on him with her helicopter instructor. Oh, geez. And the reason <laughs> they got caught was they crashed. I don't know if they were in like a compromising position when they were found <laughs> or something like that. Hang on, why are you both naked crashing a helicopter? I don't know what the situation was. I, it's like kind of like, oh, why were you there when you were meant to be somewhere else kind of thing. I don't know. Mm-mm. I don't know. I hear they're good friends now. Yeah, yeah, but uh, he's remarried and she's remarried, so they're they've moved on. Actually, she got divorced recently again, didn't she? Maybe she's hard work. Is anyone Maybe. over, you know, let's not overlook this. Yeah. You know, you've got to chase her in that Ferrari and everything. <laughs> there you go. And, no. and flirt with her with a sandwich that the dog peed on. You exactly. Know. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll pick one from my list then, because I, okay. I can scrub National Lampoon's Vacation and Jaws. Mm-hmm. Um, now, something that didn't occur to me until I, I started trying to make my list is that the UK and the US have different release dates for films. True. 
And so things that might be a blockbuster, a summer blockbuster for me, might not be for you. The obvious ones were Disney movies. Oh, yeah. Because I think you, you guys get them over the summer. And they're summer movies. When I was looking at sort of lists of summer blockbusters, Lion King was on all of them. Mm-hmm. But for us, Disney movies are Christmas movies. Mm, okay. Because we get they run them in the summer over the US and then bring them here. I don't know why. It's almost as if they've only got so many copies and they have to just wait for you guys to be done with them. And then they bring Ironically, them. I only have one Disney film on both lists. I don't have any. Because, uh, wow. well, because okay. like I say, not <clears throat> not summer blockbusters never have been for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have got, let's let's pick a fun one. Uh, Scream. And not on either of our lists. I didn't pick really any horror movies except for Jaws. It's crazy, huh? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, I, and I, don't, I suppose Jaws is a horror movie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If it's not, I don't know what it is. Uh, but but Scream is your more out and out slasher movie, and this sort of, yeah th- this came along as a favorite for me because a, a lot of these will be tied into sort of what was happening to me at the time and uh-huh. when I saw these movies. And Scream was one that I I got to see at the cinema when I wasn't supposed to be there. Oh, uh, I was very, <laughs> that was very exciting. You see, because uh, you get to the point where. Um, before you do your A-levels or graduate high school, so to speak, uh, they give you study leave, which is basically mm-hmm. them for a couple of weeks before exams saying, we, we've had enough now. We think we've taught you all we can teach you. Let's, just, let's pretend that when you go home, you're just going to stay there and study for a couple of weeks. And you're all like, yes, we will stay at home and study for weeks. Yeah, which nobody does, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so... <laughs> you're at home and you're waiting for your parents to leave for work. Bye, mum and dad. I'm going to stay here and study all day. And then the second they leave, you're off out. That's that's it. Uh, and mm-hmm. of the many films that I saw during that couple of week period, uh, Scream was the first and probably the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the other ones being Liar Liar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't remember what the other one was but yeah got to see a fair amount of films i wasn't supposed to see and scream is a classic well yeah i mean especially since it's wes craven who did it a guy who did nightmare on elm street and he was basically doing an uh, a love letter to other horror films but kind of at the same time making fun of them yeah <laughs> it has skeet ulrich who was supposed to be another johnny depp which didn't happen no <laughs> Although, as, no, uh, as Skeet yeah. Ulrich declines and as Johnny Depp declines, they're sort of meeting in the middle now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It gave us Neve Campbell. Yep. Although, lots, wasn't she, was it, what was the TV show she was on? I want to say Party, uh, Party of, of Five. Party of Five. That was, then what was, which one was Claire Danes? That was uh, My So-Called Life. My, right, okay. I get the two mixed up because I didn't actually watch either. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think I was... was Actually, I have a funny story. Uh, uh, Literally, just this week, um, I finally, of all things, finally got to meet Jared Leto in person. You met Jared Leto? Yes. Did you ask him the question? No, I did not ask him the question. What the fuck was all that Joker shit about? 
No, because uh, no. they specifically said don't ask him about his movie <laughs> career. <laughs> don't be, don't mention the Joker. He's he's well knocked off about that. Just don't. Uh, it, it's actually because we were. I was in line. My boss snuck me in to see him because he was in a, he, he was there with Thirty Seconds to Mars doing a concert, and they let all the radio people go back as my boss actually works for the radio station that was sponsoring it and so he snuck me back there to meet him and we're waiting to go in to see him and we go you guys smell weed <laughs> <laughs> and then when he came out first off he was in this like hot pink <coughs> t-shirt and like hawaiian pants i was like yeah he was probably the one because no one who, who's 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 you know not stoned will wear anything like that. So he comes out and he goes, Hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> We're like, yeah, he's toasted, but cool. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty mellow. He was very mellow. And we all got some pictures with him and got to talk to him a little bit. And I learned that he apparently likes any game, anything with vinegar on it. He likes vinegar potato chips. He likes vinegar French fries. I was like, cool. So do I. So I actually <laughs> something in common with Jared Leto, man. But um, yeah, but he was obviously on my so-called life. That's where I first saw him. And- yeah, yeah, he was. <clears throat> Blimey, I would have asked the question and and been Nobody probably did. kicked out. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Jared Leto would be like, "I met this total dick today." <laughs> talk about me. Not well. Uh-huh. Not well. <laughs> And then maybe one day I'd meet another celebrity. Were you that guy that Jared met, and you would just you would just dick to him about the joke. Oh, yeah, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. My number nine. My number nine is Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. Oh, good one. Good one. That's my Disney film because uh, when that first came, when that first was being advertised, you were like, "Another pirate movie, really, guys?" And it's based on a park ride. That was the no. piss take, wasn't it? It's like, yeah, is it- like really, and it's got Johnny Depp in it. What? And it's got Orlando Bloom in it, and no one knew who Kira Knightley was at the time before this came out either. Uh, so we were like, "Who's this chick?" So like, she was practically a nobody at the at that point. Had uh, and, you know? So had you been on the ride? No, because I'd been on the ride before this movie came out, and the one thing that I said. Uh, and in fact, all of my family said, because uh, we all went on the ride, obviously, together, uh, was, what was the story of that ride? What, how do you make a film out of it? It was just some pirates, and you kind of go past them on a little boat. Well, that and really a lot of the other pirate movies that had been out before this came out didn't do very well. Like, yeah. Like, uh, the one with Gina Davis in it. I mean, my husband loves that film. I cut through like island. That that yeah. was a <laughs> that was a famous failure of spectacular proportions that took down the studio that made it. Yeah, I mean, the only the pirate film beyond, of course, the first Pirates of the Caribbean film that I liked was Nathan Hayes. Ah, that was called Savage Island over here. Really? Yeah, okay. it had Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, when he was actually young and kind of hot. <laughs> I I saw that that I saw that at the movies. It was oddly enough in a double feature with Disney's Robin Hood. That's a weird combo. Don't know what to tell you. Mm. Probably, I think the only double feature I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm. And it was Disney's Robin Hood 
and Savage Island, or Nate and Hayes. Nate and Hayes, yeah. Uh, Goonies doesn't really count as a pirate film. It just has pirate. Yeah, it's not a pirate film. No, not like Pirates of the Caribbean and Savage Island. Since pirate films had not really done very well before this came out, everyone was really skeptical about it. And then suddenly it came out and made like shit tons of money. And everyone's like, what the hell? (laughs) Well, the thing with Pirates of the Caribbean was it was actually good. Mm -hmm. It was a really fun movie. Uh, Johnny Depp was great because we weren't fed up of him by then. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's easy to forget this. This movie is why we're fed up of him, right? It began the down decline of his popularity. Yeah, <laughs> but when this came out, it was oh great, Johnny Depp's doing something. Oh, and he's doing that that voice. This is a bit like Keith Richards. I wonder what he'll do mm-hmm. next. No, he'll just do that for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was it was impressive that Orlando Bloom was watchable. Yeah, exactly. It, that's never happened before or since, mm. depending on how you feel about the damn elf stuff. Well, he really had no reason to be in the Hobbit films, honestly, because Legolas is even, isn't even in the Hobbit. No, no, he's not. Um, and I didn't think he was that great in Lord of the Rings. No, well, that was like one of his first roles was in Lord of the Rings, if I remember correctly. It was definitely early stuff. I don't, I don't he, know. He was only like 19 or something when he started filming that. 19 oh. or 20. Oh, right. That's why he was so skinny. Yeah. <laughs> and they were all like 60 when they finished. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly surprised any of them worked again. Not through lack of being offered work, but just through like, I can't be asked anymore. Isn't that all the acting there is to be done now? Just, right. What, what else can we do? Because <laughs> they were doing those films for like a year and a half straight or something like that, and that was before the reshoots. Ugh. I, I think, Crazy. I think they went longer than that, to be honest with you. I, I know mm. they were all just living together for, for ages and all, all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and I heard Sean Bean does not like to fly. So any of the uh, scenes that were on mountains, he had to hike up there in the in his outfit. <laughs> well, that's Sean Bean's problem. <laughs> I wouldn't say that to his face. No, 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 I wouldn't either. Uh, let's see. Number nine on my husband's list was uh, Apollo 13. That's also on my list. I'm going to have no list left. <laughs> I, I can tell you right now, there's one on here, I'm sure, another one that's surely on your list, but we'll get to that. Okay, hang on, I'm, I'm just deleting the what, what, I've, what we've covered, all right, it's just being chipped away to nothing. <laughs> oh, not quite, not quite. <laughs> oh, dear, but uh, yeah, Apollo 13, bloody love that movie. Yeah, it was a great film. Kevin Bacon again. Yes, exactly, and Bill Paxton. Oh, Bill Paxton. <laughs> the whole, he is missed. <laughs> the whole cast is absolutely spot on, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kept thinking Gary Sinise would have a bigger part in the film. I was always slightly disappointed that he didn't. Me too. Um, but I, I, I suppose it's a true story, so you can't, like, give him one. I know, but this was <laughs> right after the Forrest Gump hype. Yeah. With the two of them, and then suddenly, you know, 
he was made a more supporting character in this film and like what the hell yeah the, tom <laughs> hanks and gary sinise back together to never be in a scene together right <laughs> but, no, yeah I'd, if they were in a scene together it can't have been more than one or two mm-hmm. right it, it, well they talked but they weren't physically yeah in the same room um, I think I saw this at the cinema three times. I mean, that that's really why it's on my list as well. It, it warranted multiple viewings. Mm, wow. Um, which and, and just enjoyed it every time. I, I, it, it was just a phenomenal movie. Um, and and one of those like you sort of aghast the whole way through that this is real. Mm-hmm. Um. There will be certain parts of artistic license taken, obviously, because you've got to make real life into a movie. But yeah, uh, it really showed the vulnerability of man in space in the sixties, which hasn't right. which hasn't improved. It, it has to be mm. said. You're still in a well, box. In yeah, you're still in a box. You're in a true. little box in nothing, in in literally nothing, it, mm-hmm. and you. It's like, I hope this box doesn't break. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> and their box broke. <laughs> what do you do? Right. You can't beam down. You can't, you can't just, you know, maneuvering thrusters, Mr. Data. None of that. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> and, and it's sort of disturbing to realize how much of space travel really was. We're going to point this thing at that thing. And throw right. it really hard. And with any luck, <laughs> it will hit that thing. We hope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've done lots of maths. We're very sure it will hit the thing, but, you know. Uh, and then you sort of ask, so who would like to sit on top of this thing? Anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oddly, they find people who put their hands up. And yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. And this was just a, a spectacular film. I've not seen it for a few years. And I, I hope the special effects hold up. I remember them being very good. They were pretty good, yeah. And of course, they did, they did all the, the zero-G flight stuff, didn't they? Which I found out they did it in a tube with like fans or something to make it look like they were floating. Well, they, they did lots of the, the parabolic flight things. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. Um. And so it kind of, it's weird because you're not weightless. You're just falling inside a thing that's falling at the same speed as you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is odd. <laughs> but- which probably made them nauseous if, until they got used to it. Uh, and I remember there was an interview recently with Tom Hanks because uh, he was on Graham Norton and they were talking about it. And he said, you know, when you're with only two other people in this like small room, you guys, they come up with the foulest jokes in between days. <laughs> He was saying both Kevin Bacon and Bill Paxton were like, who could have the more disgusting joke to say <laughs> the whole time that they were filming? <laughs> and Tom Hanks is like, you guys are weird. <laughs> See, I remember reading something about... Oh, hang on. <coughs> Excuse me. I remember reading something about that there's a shot where uh, Bill Paxton just starts throwing up shortly after they get into space. Mm-hmm. And I think that's real. Oh, um, I think that's him throwing up on the uh, parabolic flight, nicknamed the Vomit Comet. 
uh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, you throw up on it. Because your mm. dinner isn't quite falling at the same speed that the rest of you. It's weird. Um, mm. So it comes out sometimes. Um, and, yeah, I think that shot of him throwing up is of him actually throwing up. Ew. <laughs> Which might make Pretty some people gross. throw up next time they see it. Yeah, yeah. Now that they know that. <laughs> so I'm sorry if I've just done that to you. Uh-huh. But it's Ew. one of those, like, we caught it. We were filming, he threw up. We can so put that in. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes me kind of nauseous. <laughs> it's <laughs> fine. You've got Ed, Ed Harris was awesome in it. With a toupee, yeah. Was it? <laughs> was it? Yeah, he's been bald since his thirties. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Thought it was just a. It, it was only a bit of a toupee, though, wasn't it? Kind of, yeah. But uh, I, I kept looking. I, I kept staring at the hair the whole time that he was on screen. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I think it might have been my first Ed Harris experience. Uh, for me, it was the Abyss. I'm just, I'm just trying to find it on his IMDb. Which what year was narrowly it? missed my uh, the Abyss narrowly missed my list. But that was the first time I saw him was the Abyss. Yeah, I didn't see Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross until years later. Or the mm-hmm. abyss, for that matter. They they were both films I saw doing movies you should see. Mm. Is he the voice in Field of Dreams? No, I don't think so. It's it's here on his IMDb. Really? Because they <laughs> never actually say who the voice is. It's just yeah, the voice it, it in says, the credits. It says unconfirmed, but oh, Field well. of Dreams, the voice. So mm. I don't know. Maybe he's just one of many people who are rumored to. Be the voice? I don't know. Guess so. Guess so. But yeah, at looking at this, I'd not seen any Ed Harris stuff before, so I didn't know he was bald, mm-hmm. which is why it wasn't weird to me. Mm. And then everything I've seen comes after, so you you just assume, oh, he went bald because he he was nearly, but like I say, it's only a bit of a that well, guy didn't have it. much more hair than Ed Harris has. Yeah, well, some of his later roles, like, he was almost unrecognizable in History of Violence when I saw him, because he had all that prosthetics on his face. Um, have I seen yeah. that? I feel like, oh, yeah, I have. The Vigo Mortison one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's done a lot recently. Why do I feel? Oh, because Westworld. Yeah, that's it. I feel well, like yeah, I've seen a lot he's of He's on him. that now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's doing ever so, he's great on that. I, mm-hmm. I I was stunned that he was on there. You know, I I thought he'd be a, an episode one kind of guy. Like, nope. He's, well, same with you know Sir Anthony Hopkins. We were like, really? He's on the whole thing? Actually, and James <laughs> Marston as well. True. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. you're in films. You know what? Are you going? <laughs> so when he was in it week two, I was stunned. Hmm. Uh. That yeah, so many people, and you for- mm-hmm. we, we forget television's much more preferable work to an actor than movies. Well, it's more steady, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's it's HBO, so they aren't slumming it. True. You know, they're, they're not taking a massive pay cut or anything, I'm sure. So, of, mm-hmm. of course they're in it. What film yeah. were we on? Apollo 13. Yeah, we just did Apollo 13. That was it. That's all right. Uh, okay, so now we're up to number eight. Uh, my number eight is the first Iron Man film. All right, cool. Because, again, we didn't know what we were going to get. Yeah. 
And it blew everyone away because that was the beginning of the MCU for the most part. And they were testing the waters and they were writing the script as they filmed it. I mean, it was off the cuff completely. And just the perfect amount of circumstances happened to make this film work. They did. I'm trying to remember how I felt about it coming out. And I, I, I was excited. It always struck me as an odd one. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew of Iron Man from the, the, the old sixties cartoon series. That that was my Iron Man experience, and mm-hmm. it, it struck me that it was, and it, it still was. It was an odd character to start with, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I know well, they tried Spider Man, and that went for twice. And it it worked for a bit, but they decided to just kind of, I think uh, they were like, let's try a character that's not as popular and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, Captain America came along pretty quick afterwards, but mm-hmm. you, you would have thought that would be a more obvious one to start with. Even Thor would have been a... Mm, I don't know. Thor over here, at least, was not as popular as, say, Cap was. Well, yeah. you uh, Yeah. Um, but Iron Man coming along and actually being good. And I, I remember the thing that got me excited was just that last bit of the trailer where he blows up the tank. Uh, right. That was definitely the full definition of cool men don't look at explosions. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and and so I, I think we were also filled with optimism because we'd had that Spider-Man, the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, and you realized, oh, these can be good. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they had not been, uh, and especially when we started to require stuff that really needed good CG. Mm-hmm. Um, God, can you imagine if they tried to make Iron Man in like the eighties? Oh, uh, that would have been awful. And, and I mean, uh, keep everything the same, keep the same script, put Robert Downey Jr. in it, because why the fuck not? He was there in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been awful because you couldn't have had him blow up that tank and stuff like that. It, well, or fly. Or fly. Or so, yeah, okay, Iron Man. Cool. Mm-hmm. Also a movie you should see. Yeah. Do I pick one now? Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, okay, well, sticking with the the uh, superhero theme, there was another one. And that one was Batman. Oh, the original Batman. That's right. The yeah. the Tim Burton one that came out in 1989. Yeah, that was definitely a surprise, too. Um, For sure. There was a lot of stuff surrounding that. I mean, it was, aside from the marketing push and that sort of thing. Um, well, it's, I think it started with the controversy of Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the funny guy, right? Mm-hmm. As Batman, and he, he, he was the least action hero-y type person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was as surprising as hearing that I would be Batman, really. <laughs> and I don't think anyone expected that he could or would pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, spoilers, he was brilliant. Um, which, which is, I, I suppose, though, when they make you, your abs out of armor, you, you're good to go, whoever you are. True. Um, I could do with some of those armor abs. That would be handy. But you can't mm, bend yeah. forward or twist your no, head. No, or turn your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, I mean, he was brilliant. Jack Nicholson was brilliant. I mean, they were perfect together. Jack Nicholson made the He owned the Joker at that point. And uh, that was before Mark Hamill started doing it. So, at that point, before that, all we had was Cesar Romero doing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is, in itself, a, a wonderful and unique mm-hmm. performance, but never scary. Never. Well, no, the whole show, I mean, the 60s Batman was never meant to be scary. Yeah. Um, it was always just a bit of fun. But Jack Nicholson as the Joker is absolutely fantastic. It was mm-hmm. also the film that over here caused the creation of the 12 certificate. Oh, really? I don't know why, but it was the first ever one. And the the reason why it was, uh, that why that sticks in my memory so much was because you had to be 12 to see it, and I was 11. Oh, see, over here we got the PG-13 rating back in the early 80s, and that was uh, by caused by Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, that's a good one for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that would have been a 12 had it come out probably yeah a few years later because yeah pulling people's hearts out of their chest is fairly mm, gruesome just a bit <laughs> just a bit um so yeah Batman, and it just just everything was batman for, for ages yeah and that was the first film that i remember specifically it hit video stores while it was still in theaters oh right right I don't know if that's it, how long the darn thing ran. It ran for so long that it hit the blockbuster while it was still running in the, in like the dollar theater. And we're like, what? <laughs> I, I remember that the, we rented it on VHS when it came out. Uh, so technically I got to see it before I was 12. Um, mm. But, uh, and it destroyed my fragile little mind. Oh, uh, but I, I remember when we got it, People came over, you know, this this went suddenly beyond family movie night to, hey, we've got a copy of Batman. Come on over. <laughs> wow. Um, be, because, I mean, yeah, <laughs> and, and this, this feels like a weird thing to describe to young people now, right? When you rented movies from a video store, you would go in and all of the copies of it would be out on shelves. Mm-hmm. Blockbuster eventually did away with this, where you'd have like two or three and there'd be a little thing behind those two or three and you'd take that to the counter. No, but when it was VHS, just you'd walk in and there'd be a wall of Batman. Yep. Uh all of them with this little red tag in the stuck in the box that said it's out for rent. You can't have it. Mm-hmm. Um part of the skill of video rental was scanning through those shelves and identifying ones that didn't have that little red tag on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you, 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 they eventually started a system of booking things ahead of time, so like just reserving one. And uh, I remember my dad having to go in a couple of weeks before the movie came out and, so we'd, and reserve a copy uh, for mm. a particular day. And so, yeah, it was just only so many copies and that's it. If you got one, you got one and you Mm. took it back the next day. Yeah, because they had the one day rental so that more people could watch for a while. It's just a crazy thought. Instead of there being Mm. a file on a server and the entire planet can look at that file (laughs) at the same time, 
No, there was one <laughs> store, and that store bought maybe 30 copies, and that was it for the entire local population surrounding that store. There were yep. 30 copies. If 31 people wanted the movie, one person was going home disappointed. Mm. <laughs> yep. And that was Batman. <laughs> that was Batman. Uh, let's see. Number uh, number eight on my husband's list was Unforgiven. Okay. I hate that he movie. He loves Clint Eastwood. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I have a kind of – well, he loves it. My husband loves that movie. I have a – it's okay, and, and it's probably one of Morgan Freeman's best performances and definitely one of Gene Hackman's best performances. Um, it's – one of those movies that you don't want to say that you like it. <laughs> Especially for me, since I don't like a lot of Westerns. It's one of the few Westerns that I can watch. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. I, I just found it a bit simple and straightforward. Mm. Like, people turn up at Clint Eastwood's house and like, will you come and kill Gene Hackman? And he's like, sure, I'll come and G kill Gene Hackman. And he, they ride on their horse for a bit, and he arrives somewhere and goes, hey, are you Gene Hackman? And he goes, yes, I am. Bang. <laughs> End of film. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, uh, one of the best lines in it is, you just shut it on our man. Well, he should have earned himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's great. <laughs> but that definitely holds a special place, at least in my husband's heart. He loves that movie. So. Fair enough. My favorite Western has to still be Silverado. Uh, see, we have that on DVD as well. That's that's one of my favorite. That's one of the few other ones that I like to watch is Silverado. I also like The Outlaw Josie Wales, another Clint Eastwood film. I haven't seen that. <laughs> Should watch it. It's one of his better ones. Cool. Yeah, that's definitely that's another one of the Sergio Leone ones that he did, yeah. and uh, it was very it was very good. Cool. Did Clint Eastwood die? Am I? No, he's still with us. Charlton Heston died. That, Charlton Heston passed away, yeah. Yeah, that was, that's what I'm getting him mixed up with. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Uh, number eight, uh, yet another superhero movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. Cool. Or number, number seven. Uh, yeah, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Another film that people were like, this can't do. What? Boom. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the year of just let's break some box office records, wasn't it? Because it was mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, a new Star Wars, mm -hmm. and I think was the other one, Jurassic World took it for uh, a bit. No, Jurassic World came out the year after Guardians. What was the other one then? I feel like there was... A, was there an Avengers movie that year? Uh, Was it the f second one? Age of Ultron. Okay. 2014 is when Guardians came out. Uh, summer... Movies. See, now I gotta look it up. Uh, best summer movies of 2014. Here we go. About a Boy came out that year. That's right. I actually like that film. Not for everyone. Um, yes, the uh, first Avengers. Well, no, the first Avengers film came out in 2012. Um, it wasn't a summer movie. Avengers, the first Avengers film. No, well, sorry, it came out the, at the very beginning. The, yeah, I mean the the one we're looking for, whatever film it is, because as you said, Guardians of the Galaxy was the summer one. Uh, okay, so the films um, that came out. This is the top five. Okay, that of the highest grossing summer movies of 2014. Guardians of the Galaxy number one, Transformers: Age of Extinction number two. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. 
Maleficent, number three. X-Men Days of Future Past, number four. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, number five. It was Captain America the Winter Soldier. Uh, was it? Okay. I think it was. I think that came out at the beginning of the year and did really written and became like and, and and broke box office records. Then Guardians of the Galaxy came out and smashed all of those records. Mm-hmm. And then at Christmas, Star Wars came out and smashed the lot. Uh, yeah, well, that was Rogue One that came out that year. Uh, X Men: Days of Future Past came out around like right before Guardians did. Also a good film. Um, but Guardians just like surprise, uh, just like an- again another property that no one thought would do well. Oh yeah, and- it's weird, Marvel. <laughs> well, that and pirates—they're both like really. <laughs> but suddenly, it became like this major. I mean, it it also put Chris Pratt on the map, like as a sex symbol, because before that, all he'd done is Community. Uh, and Parks, he had Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. That's right. I get the two backwards. I don't know why. Uh, and he was a little pudgy on that show. He was extremely suddenly, pudgy on that show. Yeah, and then suddenly he like got chiseled for Guardians, and now he's a sex symbol. Who knew? <laughs> well, yeah. I like to think there's a thin Chris Pratt inside of all of us. Oh yeah. Just waiting for that <laughs> Disney contract to get him out. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. So what was your number seven? Uh, right. One of the th- this is a, a maybe an odd one. Uh, Speed. I almost put that on my list. Bloody almost. love that film, and it's. I think it's easily forgotten about, and yet it's really good. You've got mm. good Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. You've got Dennis Hopper being a bad guy, which is not too different for him no but it's good <laughs> you, you've got prime sandra bullock well, that was like one of her first roles not the first but the one that made her a star yeah um that that was sandra bullock in speed was was quite an experience for me mm-hmm. at the time i'll be honest and and you know what <laughs> i i love the sort of the la setting of it mm. as, as odd as that sounds it it I don't know, just the whole look and feel of the entire movie. I've I've always enjoyed. And the, the, I, I don't know, it's it's always been an unquantifiable thing. But I have always felt like the, the city it's set in is, you know, that's part of it. I wouldn't have enjoyed it mu- as much if it was set anywhere else, which is mm-hmm. an odd, odd thing. Mm. Uh, and I, don't, yeah, I don't know yeah. why. I don't have any particular inf- affinity for Los Angeles. I've never been there. Everyone I, ha- I know that has been there says it's a shithole, and don't mm. don't go there. Sorry if you live there, but actually you're probably going. Yeah, it is terrible. <laughs> I've only driven through it. I haven't actually stopped in it. Um, well, I think they used LA because there is a, a huge highway system that surrounds the city. Yeah. So that's well, that's a good setting to use for a high speed bus. Really? Exactly. From what I gather, had they set it in New York, the chances of the bus ever getting to 50 miles an hour are just laughable. Right. <laughs> you know, just, it's not happening. It's not happening. Uh, two blocks, traffic uh, uh, lights. Two blocks, traffic lights. 
And right. Over. <laughs> that that would be when the bus gets to four miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But then we're into a and Father Ted episode. Right. <laughs> okay, uh, number seven on my husband's list. Here's a here's a blast from the past. War Games. Awesome movie. It, it, yeah, it, it's just a wonderful film. Mm-hmm. For many reasons. I'd love to almost see how teenagers today would react to it. Um, well, first they would look at that Matthew Broderick computer and be like, whoa, and then look at the uh, the actual computer that's at the thing and be like, that takes up a whole room? There'd be so much, <laughs> what's he doing with the phone? Why is he putting the phone on there? <laughs> right. <laughs> what is that? Why is it only text on the screen? How can this end the world? Are you fucking kidding? Right. I mean, it's it's obviously a very dated film at this point. <laughs> but the general gist of the story is is timeless. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the important lesson is don't hack into shit. You might kill us all. Right. And, and I'm on board with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was all, Andy was trying to pirate computer games, so the further lesson well, learned. Well, then he, he changed his grades, and just like he did in, in Ferris Bueller, he actually did it first in War Games. Very true. <laughs> uh, and Ali Sheedy was in it, and she was kind of hot. <laughs> she was being eighties girlfriend. One more time. Yep. One more time. Well, that was like before Breakfast Club, so she wasn't the weird chick yet no that's true <laughs> oh and who was the guy it was the guy who eventually ended up in david warner yeah is in there Who's as in well like every single star trek franchise ever <laughs> yeah he's chancellor gorkon he wanted peace with the humans yeah but christopher plummer didn't want him to have it ah uh, bad nope. christopher plummer nope Oh, okay. Uh, then number six. We're up to number six. Uh, my number six, another movie that shocked the heck out of everybody. Terminator 2. I have that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. That blew everybody away, didn't it? Mm-hmm. It really did. Um, for many reasons. It was a good film. It was a good film. The The technology they used for all of the effects was top-notch uh they actually 180 and made arnold the good guy um the kid was actually not annoying <laughs> no not till <laughs> much later no no <laughs> and you got to see you know sarah connor is a badass which uh, uh, even in the the time that the movie came out that was not as a th- much of a thing as it is now. I mean, sure, we had like Ellen Ripley before that, but in, in sci-fi, not very many female badass characters had been out there yet. Absolutely, I, I think that paved the way for a lot of others. I, I as at least as important as Ellen Ripley. Mm-hmm. I, I would say it, it did a lot. I think it helped that it helped a lot of men to realize, hey, this is kind of hot. <laughs> yeah. That too. You know, women that kick ass are, are actually more interesting than women than women that just need rescuing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they they did a good job of pointing that out. Mm-hmm. You had all the the CGI stuff for the first time, well, as prominently 
as it had yeah, been. Yeah, and, and the effects actually do hold up. Now, if you rewatch it, they they still look good. It, it's fortunate that it, it the the main special effect is the fact that he's just a shiny mirror thing. Yeah, and there's there's you know there's only so bad that can look. If you, mm-hmm. you I, I, did I say that right? Is there only so good that can look? I don't mm-hmm. know. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, it looked fantastic. I, I mm-hmm. it was the film that was then used to demonstrate televisions in electrical stores. Mm. I remember that, and things like sound systems, uh, because that when that came out on VHS. Things like uh, widescreen was starting to become a thing and mm-hmm. Dolby surround sound was starting to become a thing. So every t- everywhere that sold televisions, there would be one playing scenes from Terminator 2 through Dolby surround sound in widescreen trying to flog you a telly. And they did. Nice. They mm. did sell my dad a telly and a surround sound system. And it was fucking awesome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Terminator 2 is the very first film I ever bought the extended edition for. Was there an extended edition? Yeah, they added another like 15 minutes of film, uh, including a scene that I'm sad it got cut because it was beautiful. What they did was instead of them saying, oh, that was instead of them saying that uh, he had a learning computer and his chip would just refocus itself, they actually had a scene where they cut open his head and took the chip out and reprogrammed it and put it back in. And it was her and her sister doing mirror, and it was really cool. And for some reason, they cut it for pacing. Right. But in the extended cut, they put it back in, and it's a beautiful, beautiful scene. I don't know that I've ever seen that. Then, yeah, look it up. There's a there's a, a few extra little teeny tiny things that are added, but that's one of the bigger scenes that they added back into the into the extended cut. Right, I'd be interested to see that. Yeah. Uh, again, for me though, as well, it was another one that I was not allowed to see until it had been out a little while. It's not especially violent, or well, there's a couple of scenes with Dyson that are pretty violent, but uh, <laughs> um, like him getting shot up and, and all that. That actually kind of traumatized me seeing him all shot up. <laughs> he did get very shot up. That, that mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, then uh, should I pick another one? Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. That's on my husband's list. Yes. <laughs> Boy, did that blow us away when that one came out. Yeah, again, uh, not many dinosaur films besides like Land Before Time or something like that didn't really do very well either. And then suddenly, speaking of movies that the effects hold up, look at this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, It it was the first time things like dinosaurs could be done really well. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that's thanks to the, the computer graphics coming along to the point that they did. I, I they did do some uh, stop motion animation tests, yeah, uh, and I, I've seen those, um, and they were terrible. You, you just look at it thinking, yeah, I can see why he didn't want to do this if that's all he could do. Um, and luckily, they could do a lot more. And it's just such a wonderful film, and we're still getting bloody sequels. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but they, they used a mixture of CGI and people in outfits, if I remember correctly, uh, and puppetry yeah, for they, some stuff. They really did have a giant T-Rex, uh, obviously not a live one, um, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, they, they had that. They're a giant animatronic T-Rex to attack the car and, and stuff like that. 
it, it's uh, it, it was quite a technological marvel. And again, yeah. that was something that was just everywhere. I, I remember it was on at the cinema for months. Um, I, again, another one I saw three or four times for various mm-hmm. reasons. Um, and and it, there would always just be queues and queues of people out of the door of every cinema uh, to try and get to see this. It was it was vastly popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and and quite like Batman, came with a certificate warning of yeah yeah because we, we've called this PG, but we're not sure we should have. But hey, we've done it now. But just be aware. Hmm. Well, there's a couple of scenes near the end that are questionable. <laughs> yeah, I like the guy getting eaten. <laughs> Hell yeah. There's there's plenty in it that's questionable for a PG movie. Uh, but I don't know. We're all okay now, aren't we? Yeah. So it, it worked out in the end. And it gave us so much. Yeah. It, it, it did, what? especially as far as CGI, uh, advancing in CGI for films, along with Terminator 2. Well, how, how, where would society be now if you couldn't occasionally say, life finds a way? <laughs> right. <laughs> especially with the pause in the middle, just like Jeff Goldblum yeah. does. There'd be so many times <laughs> when we'd just look at each other and shrug. Yeah. But now we know what to say, <laughs> thanks to that movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it, uh, it 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 was so good. It mm-hmm. really was. It gave us Sam Neil. Yeah. Well, I already knew Sam Neil before this, believe it or not. Yeah. I had seen him in two other films before Jurassic Park, but this was the one that made everyone know who Sam Neil is. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a, yeah, it offered us so much. Loved that film. Yeah. Uh it, and it's one of those that if I catch a bit of it, I'll watch it through to the end. Mm. You know, so I have to, you have to be careful to avoid it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just uh, yeah, otherwise yeah. you're stuck. Mm-hmm. All right, number we're up to number five, and now we're getting into the big guns here, as far as my list anyway. Yeah, I've only got two left, by the way. After oh, because I've uh, yeah. yeah okay number five, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Awesome one, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark for God's sake. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was uh, just everyone went out to see it and everyone just loved it. And it, it was the second big franchise that got Harrison Ford on the map, you know, after Star Wars. And he wasn't a side character in this one. He was the main character. Um, and it was about an archaeologist in the 30s. And we were like, how is this going to work? But it did. What year <laughs> did it come out? Because I don't... It, it, 80 or 81. Right, like, so I, uh, right, yeah. It, it was something I will have seen later. Because um, I, I certainly wasn't aware of any hype or anything like that. It came around. out in 81, this yeah. one, the first one. Came out. Right, so I, yeah, I, I might have been walking at the time, possibly. <laughs> well, speaking of traumatizing scenes, that scene near the end where all the other faces get melted off, that. Damaged me. I can't remember how old I was when I finally watched that scene. I was a fair bit older. I'd, I'd certainly seen the movie many times before I watched that scene. I knew the Nazis are all killed. I, you, that's really all you need to know from a plot point. They open up. Mm-hmm. They open up the thing. They're all killed. Spoilers for 
Raiders of the Lost Ark, everybody. <laughs> For a movie that's like almost 40 years yeah, old. Yeah, if you don't know how that <laughs> film ends by now, come on. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, was, it was years later. I, I saw the making of it before I saw it. Hmm. Um, back in the days when the, the, seeing a behind-the-scenes thing about a film would be such a random event. It mm. would be, maybe it's a weekend, maybe BBC One has, hasn't quite filmed, filled the schedule correctly and mm-hmm. we need something for 20 minutes and, oh, look, we've been offered this behind the scenes of Raiders of the Lost Ark special mm-hmm. and you get to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, what, another one of yours. Okay, my, my last two, uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I actually saw that in the theater three times. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, that's that's a special film for me, for many reasons. It's it's the one of the original trilogy I got to see in theaters when mm. it was released. Mm. So I have that. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's an early fond memory of my dad taking me to the cinema, and I remember going and sitting there waiting for it to start and all that sort of thing. But it was also, I think, one one of the first movies that I was aware of it being a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was very aware that it was on t- it was being mentioned on TV constantly and on everything. Uh, you know, it, it was the I, I think the first film I've been aware of that was mentioned on the news and on other things that wouldn't ordinarily mention movies. Because it was, as I know now, it was in Star Wars. And yeah. and I imagine people in 1983 were really eager to find out how it all turned out. Yep. Uh, they hadn't been beaten down and disappointed time and time again like we have now. So, <laughs> you know, they, they were all excited about it in 1983. Ah, the optimism. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of cocaine around then as well. So I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, okay, number five on my husband's list, uh, The Rock. That, Speaking of an Ed Harris film. Yeah, and a Michael Bay. <sighs> that's, uh, that's our first the official only Michael decent Bay. Michael, yeah, the only decent Michael Bay film in existence. <laughs> and one of the better Nicolas Cage performances. Yeah, it's so odd that those things came together, isn't it? Um, and uh, and uh, Sean Connery as a kind of a psycho dude. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought that Nicolas Cage would be good in a Michael Bay movie? It's all very, let's put some petrol on that fire to put it out. And it does. Mm -hmm. And you're like, but how did that work? Don't know. And and even better is that Ed Harris actually plays a very sympathetic villain in the film. He really does, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Isn't it? Like, he's pissed off that his men aren't, like, looked after properly when they get home or something like that. Uh, his son died in, in combat and and wasn't treated properly, or something. There's something with yeah. his troops were not treated fully with respect after a certain event happened, and his son died on top of that. And yeah, it's it's all military related, and he's super pissed off, and he's a marine, and he's he decides he's going to get revenge, and they come up with this bioweapon that's pretty disgusting when you just look at the effects <laughs> it's quite like it, it's quite like opening the lost ark of the covenant to be perfectly honest mm, yeah i mean your skin falls off it's pretty gross 
but it's a good, but, uh, it's a good film. It's actually a decent Michael Bay movie. It really is. I feel the urge to watch it again now you've mentioned it, you know? Because <laughs> it's, it's a bit yeah. of fun. Um, I think it's the film people who are... People who go to see Michael Bay movies are probably fondly remembering The Rock. Mm-hmm. And it's like they've forgotten all the abuse they've suffered in the years since. <laughs> explosions! This actually didn't have a whole lot of explosions it in it either. It didn't, did it? No. In fact, <laughs> in fact, preventing explosions was the plot of the movie. Indeed. So, <laughs> Yeah. If there are explosions, Nicolas Cage is lost. He does have a really cool car chase through San Francisco, which is just mm-hmm. designed for spectacular movie car chases, to be Indeed. honest with you. <laughs> um, if I was a filmmaker, I would try and get a car chase in San Francisco into every film I made. Right. Because, right. yeah. Because you have the hills and, and you just have the narrow streets and everything. Pittsburgh is similar. You, you have the similar kind of environment where you can do all that uh yeah i mean hills and narrow streets is all you need for a cold car chasing exactly and it, and the, <laughs> the rock has it all yeah i'm definitely yes. going to watch the rock now. <laughs> okay uh my number four ghostbusters excellent movie of course it's ghostbusters that was mm-hmm. one i didn't include for release date reasons Again, oh, not not okay. a summer blockbuster for us. Um, actually, did I double check that? Hang on, Ghostbusters. Because the second one came out around Christmas time, but the first one came out in the summer uh, over here, at least. Yeah, I I feel like it was a winter film. Hmm. It's very difficult to Google for this sort of thing now. Um, see what is that you? Ca- 24th of May 1985 re-release. Yeah, so it didn't come out in... Because it came out in 1984. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm looking at there. Yeah, 7th of December 1984 was the UK release date. So for us, Ghostbusters was a Christmas movie. Mm. I I do remember going to the movies to see it. Um, I was actually perhaps a little too young. Mm. Then there are a couple of really scary moments in it. Yeah, um, but ultimately, hey, it's Ghostbusters. It's it's just, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> right. <laughs> and now we're talking about it. I'm kind of marveling at the arrogance of attempting to, like, remake it. Or Well, they did, well, kind of. Yeah, but- but, well, and look how it ended up. And right. I sort of think, well, of course it ended up like, how could you think it was a perfect thing? You can't just go, well, we'll make that again. If that was mm-hmm. doable, they'd have done it a lot. <laughs> you know, Right. And they've been trying to make the third one for how long now? Yeah, well, that's uh, never going to happen. So No, because Bill Murray keeps saying no. And now that Harold Ramis is no longer with us, I mean. Mm. Yeah, and I think I think the reboot killed it. I, I don't Probably. I don't think anyone wants to see a sequel to that reboot. Mm. You know, um, I mean, it's not a bad film. I'd see, I enjoyed it. Rick enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, I I, it's I disagree. I I think it was a truly awful film. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. And I I I've seen things since then. I've learned more about it. 
that has made mm-hmm. me think even less of it. Oh, okay. As a film. Um, th- th- this is, I watched the Red Lister Media review of it because mm. th- those guys, you know, are always spot on. There is one thing that sticks in my mind about the director, Paul Feig, who w- was talking in an interview. There, There is now the scene or the sequence that is kind of the equivalent of them going to the hotel to catch Simon. Mm-hmm. And the blonde lady who's Nick, Kate McKinnon, sings the line, come out, come out, wherever you are, uh, in mm-hmm. the style of Glenda the Good Witch in The Wizard of Oz from that song. Yeah. And there was a clip of Paul Feig the inter- being interviewed, and he expressed surprise that that line that she improvised in that scene actually ended up costing him a lot of money because it was really from a film and he had no idea. Yeah, it was licensed, wasn't it? And I thought, <laughs> and still think, you're a Hollywood movie director and you haven't seen The Wizard of Oz. Um, you're not allowed to make films anymore, sir. Oh. <laughs> you you, oh, you, you are not allowed to be <laughs> a professional filmmaker and not have seen The Wizard of Oz. That, mm. that, they, I would like there to be actual laws with prison time attached with that in mind. Um, <laughs> and I will compile the list of movies that people must have seen to become professional mm. film directors. But The Wizard of Oz is on that list. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Agreed. What watched the original Ghostbusters? Everybody, that's the yes, best the one. one with Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd. And I really enjoy Eddie Ghostbusters too. I know I'm not supposed to, but I do. I like it. The baby was kind of ugly, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get it was a big departure from the first one, but hey, what do you want? It's a film about people who bust ghosts. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where are we up to now? I've only got uh, one movie left. You've only got one left, yeah. So I'm going to say it before it's on your list, in case it is. Um now, this is one from a trilogy again, and you've kind of just got to pick the one that seems the most relevant. So, mm-hmm. Back to the Future 3. Okay, I have Back to the Future 1. There you go. You see, they, they, I think they were all summer blockbusters, weren't they? Mm-hmm. And so you've just kind of got to pick one. Um, 3 was by far my favorite of the trilogy. Because of the Western element or because they tied everything up? All all kinds of things, um, okay. but it, it it it's it wouldn't be as good as a standalone movie. You know, th- there's a lot of it that makes it special because the other two came first, mm-hmm. like the the role reversal between Doc and Marty only ever means anything if we've seen two movies of them the other way around, um, mm-hmm. and and so on and so forth with with lots of elements of it. But the way it just brought everything together, and again, this was a multiple cinema view for mm-hmm. me. And perhaps the film I've seen at the cinema the most number of times. Wow, how many? I think it was possibly six or seven. Wow. <laughs> but it has special circumstances uh, because the summer that it came out, uh, we went on holiday to Spain uh, mm-hmm. to a right technically 
a an air quotes campsite, but not like you go and pitch your tent. It's like these these all the areas are owned by holiday companies, and they put tents there, and the tents are kind of like houses and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. Uh, and as part of the facilities on site, and it, it was huge, hundreds of acres of of land with mm-hmm. so many facilities and that sort of thing. Wonderful place. But they had a cinema. And you didn't pay to go in because it was there for the people on the site. And the time we were there for two weeks, they were showing Back to the Future 3. So I would just go and see it all the time, mm-hmm. over and over, because you didn't need to do anything. You could just go in and sit down. And it was open air as well. So mm-hmm. you didn't even have to go into a dark room and find a seat and that sort of thing. You you could just wander in and out. And that's and so because of that situation, I've probably seen it maybe even more than six or seven times uh, on a cinema screen. Uh, but just love that film. Also, the first movie that I read the book of before it came out. Interesting. Okay. Although it was just the novelization of a, well, yeah. of a movie, I suppose. And and clearly major script changes were made after the person who wrote the novel got to read the script. Well, obviously. <laughs> uh, as far as my Back to the Future 3 experience, I actually, that was the first time that I remember specifically that a movie theater did, here, let's watch all, have all three play back to back. When the third one came out, they decided to do like a marathon yeah, at yeah. the theater. And so I got to go see, I saw two, obviously seen the first and the second because they split up, they filmed two and three together, but then they released them at separate times, like a few months apart or something like that, from I remember correctly. Yeah, that's right. And and when three came out, this one theater decided to do a marathon of all three, and I I went. That's the first time that I saw three in the theater was th- during the marathon. Yeah, I, so. I seem to remember <laughs> cinemas doing Star Wars marathons when uh, Jedi came out. I don't remember that. Not at least not where I live. Well, yeah, I was. I was going to say that just because they just because they did it in Doncaster doesn't mean they did it in <laughs> anywhere else. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, but I had the that was not number three was the first Back to the Future film. Uh, number three on on number four on my husband's list. No, number three on my husband's list was Jurassic Park. Number four on my husband's list was Men in Black. I nearly put that, you know. I d- it, it kind of felt a bit... No, I don't know really why I wouldn't have... Well, I was only picking 10, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and my 10 favorite. And while I've got a lot of time for it as a movie, I, d- I don't know how far I'd put it into my personal favorites, but that's, you know, that's a, a different thing. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of fun memories surrounding that movie as well, though, if I'm honest. Now I think about mm-hmm. it. It was so quirky for the time. And I didn't know at the time when I saw it that it's based on a comic book and and, and so forth. Was there a, Were we amused that Tommy Lee Jones was doing something comedy-ish as well? He, well, Nathan Hayes actually was, speaking of that again, he was that was more of a comedy role for him. So it wasn't the first time. It had been a while because he'd just come off, you know, doing The Fugitive and all that stuff. Uh, and... Uh, he was known more for being a serious kind of actor. Then Batman and Robin came out. 
But that was after Men in Black, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was, I think. Or, or the, the Batman Forever. He was he was in Batman Forever. And that was him going completely Looney Tunes. Um, but Men in Black, he was a straight man in that. So, And he's very good at playing the straight man. <laughs> yes, he was. Are they doing a remake? How, has one been done recently and I just never saw it? They're doing a fourth one. Um, I don't know if it's a remake or they're continuing. I haven't heard one way or the other. Just that a fourth one is going to be made soon. Aren't they? Isn't it a Men in Black Twenty One Jump Street crossover? No, that was a rumor. That's not real. Oh, <laughs> that was right. an April Fool's joke. <laughs> and then a few of the people in Hollywood were like, you know, but no, no. <laughs> April Fool's joke, people. <laughs> what? Uh, Fair enough. It would be an interesting crossover, but no, I don't think so. <laughs> it would be weird. Yeah, that's probably why they chose those two. Um, okay, number two on my list, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That, that Yeah, that is a big one. I, I've only seen it once, you know. I saw it in the theater twice. When I was a kid, kind of traumatizes me. He gets left behind. It's well, scary. then I mean, well, because they purposely shot all of the adults basically from the chest down, basically from a child's point of view and his point of view. So having them be faceless made them more terrifying. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of great filming technique. I mean, it's a Spielberg thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um. God, you know what? I'm sorry to drag us off topic a little bit, but I've just gone to Will Smith's IMDb page because we were talking about Men in Black. (laughs) And I've just Uh, seen that Bad Boys 3 and 4 are on there. Yep. They're not really making those, are they? Bad Boys 3 is coming out, I believe, next year. 2020, it says here. Is it? Okay, I heard 2019. It it just really says Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. It doesn't really have a lot of... Oh, there I'm hoping uh, they've been saying it that three is happening. Uh, four, I don't know, but this is Michael Bay we're talking about. <laughs> Can't we just leave Martin Lawrence wherever he is back in 2010 or something? Well, it's earlier than that because when he had a TV show. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking uh, now. Yeah, I, oh, last thing he. Did that was watchable was Bad Boys. The second one, probably. No, the first one. The second one was appalling. Oh well. Have you have you ever seen the second one? Yeah, I've seen both of them. Yeah, the the second one was bad. the The first one was what it was, but that was in 1995. And since mm. then, Martin Lawrence has done nothing watchable. Mm. I have no reason to believe that Bad Boys Four will be the exception to that. That's mm, just me. probably not. Probably not. Um, let's see. Number two on my husband's list, Saving Private Ryan. Awesome movie. Not a summer film here, so I didn't... Uh... Yeah, I kept th- I kept thinking in my head that it came out in the wintertime over here, but apparently it didn't. It came out in the summer. Right. Yeah, it was definitely a, a wintertime movie here because um, I saw it with... I, I remember going to the cinema with uni friends at the time, so it was at least September because I'd... Mm. Gone back to uni. It might have been October. Then again, it might have been on at the cinema for ages. It upset mm. me greatly. As a I film. couldn't watch it. Yeah. I couldn't watch it. 
have you seen it I'm not, since? No, I, I, I'm not a big, I mean, again, similar with Westerns for Westerns for me, it's an aesthetic with military films. It's the violence. It, especially if it's realistic yeah. like saber private ryan is i can't i can't do it yeah i can't do it i i can't really argue with that it is a it, it is a very traumatizing film it really it really is difficult to watch sometimes um it, it, it's not one i ever get an urge to watch you know um mm-hmm. unlike the wizard of oz for example yeah um yeah. <laughs> see watch it paul feig you'll enjoy it. it's fucking a movie Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, it's one of the most iconic movies of all time. Come on, man! Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Anyway, but Saving Private Ryan, yeah, I, I, I adore that film, but it it takes some watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially the first scene with them coming on the beach. It's just, uh, it's traumatizing. Well, as it's meant to be. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, it it really puts into into contrast things like the film The Longest Day. Where mm-hmm. you have all the the big stars of the time are in this massive four hour movie, and so you have this landing craft that drops onto the beach in in uh, France, and Sean Connery in a jolly smiling vo- way comes trotting out and stands there and has a look around. And, Gosh, what's going on here? You think no, that that's definitely not what happened. Definitely, mm-hmm. no one calmly trotting off the boat, <laughs> grinning. <laughs> Having a look around. Lots of people never getting off the boat. That was definitely mm-hmm. a thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hor- I'm getting upset thinking about it, actually. Talk about it. Yeah. Let's do a different film. Uh, okay. Uh, number one on my list, the original Star Wars film. Well, of course. Yeah. What, what can you say? Exactly. Because that was another, like, what the fuck? movie when it came out you know everyone was like what the the heck is this because before star wars really and star trek uh sci-fi was not taken very seriously uh star trek paved the way star wars just took it a bit further and until this day i still say you know some people have said star wars isn't really science fiction it's science fantasy i don't know I say, make, I mean, make of it what you will. I, I consider it both. Yeah. Uh, um, I, regardless, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a groundbreaking film. I, I can definitely get on board with the argument that, that it, it's science fantasy and not science fiction. However, while I'm prepared to accept that as a technicality, to use it as an excuse for Star Wars to not be compared to science fiction movies, then you're just being an ass. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's it's totally fair and valid to compare Star Trek and Star Wars. I, I think that's that's a fair thing to do, even though mm-hmm. yes, technically on paper, if you really want to get picky about it, Star Wars is science fantasy, mm-hmm. but spaceships and shit, science fiction, show. Yeah, yeah, right. It's <laughs> yeah. lasers and, and stuff. Yeah. And laser swords and, and, and they say it's science fantasy because of the whole Jedi and force aspect to it, but spaceships, man. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and number one on my husband's list is Die Hard. I nearly put Die Hard as well, just to fuck with all the Christmas movie Die Hard people. Yeah, see, I thought it came out of Christmas time. No. And I looked it up. No, it came out in the summer. Don't, don't fall for the propaganda. 
<laughs> it is not a Christmas movie. It has never been a Christmas movie. It is a movie that happens to be set at Christmas, but was released mm-hmm. as a summer blockbuster. Yeah. Because it's not a Christmas movie, unlike films that are released around Christmas. Mm. Although that's not all films that come out at Christmas are Christmas films, but all Christmas films come out at Christmas. There you go. That's what I wanted to say. And Die Hard is, well, yeah, it's Die Hard. Did, did, did Batman Returns come out at Christmas time? No, I think that was like a summer film again. Yeah, but it, it was surrounding. It was taking place at Christmas. It was. So that's like, <laughs> yeah, but it's not a Christmas film. Yeah, like, so there you go. Just like Die Hard. <laughs> just like Die Hard. Well, some people say it's the greatest Christmas film of all time, Die Hard. Yeah, but, uh, and, and those people are dicks. I'm sorry, because it's, <laughs> it, it's not the best Christmas film ever. Is a Christmas story. Followed That's right. closely by Scrooge <laughs> and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Then after that, we can start getting into your whole, oh, which version of A Christmas Carol do you like, etc. All of that. Is Gremlins a Christmas movie? Also, no. Um, but it is more of one than Die Hard, which is not one at mm. all. Gremlins traumatized me as a kid. Oh, God, yeah, of course it did. It traumatized everybody as a kid. Um, it's weird. It, it, the the scene in particular that traumatized me when when she was describing that her dad got stuck in the in the chimney that traumatized me. Not the violence in it or any of the actual gremlins. Her telling the story about her dad, I was a mess. <laughs> she absolutely oh. owned that scene, didn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, do you know what? I, I'm still to this day left thinking. So, Billy. How long were you her boyfriend and you didn't know her dad had died? Like, I I would have thought that would have come up in their relationship before that night. And I don't think they were a couple before the movie started. They just met. They just met through circumstances and later became a couple when the second one came out. Speaking of a bad film, I enjoyed that as well. <laughs> but it is a bad film. <laughs> it, yeah, but oh well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, that's our list. I think we're done. Smashing. Well, I enjoy- it's, that was a nice break from the news. Yeah. It really. I don't know what news there's been. Uh, people are making films out there, and things are happening with them. Projects are moving along. I would say probably. Uh, and someone you love from your childhood has probably been accused of sexual assault, and uh, someone else you love from your childhood has probably died. So that's that's mm. all the movie news and all of that. Well, I hope you all mm-hmm. enjoyed that little summer vacation. I think it's just the two of us next week. We should do something else then as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll come up with another list. Cool. <laughs> so thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you had fun too. Don't forget to you can get the ad-free version of this show and have all our shows and all our old previous shows from the last 13 years of making shows over at simplysyndicated.com slash everything. It's six pounds a month and it helps us out. You get a set a special podcast feed that has no ads in. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Simsin. We have a Facebook group that would be awesome if you joined and came and chatted with us all. Cause that's actually a fairly active group to be, to be honest, it's really nice. Uh, we have Patreon at patreon.com slash simply syndicated. Best thing to do, go and visit simply syndicated.com and see all the things we've got to offer there because it's all pretty awesome. 
So we'll be back next week with more of whatever we think of to do. Until then, enjoy the summer. Try not to melt. Don't leave your dog in the car. Don't leave your granny in a bag. And don't... Uh, don't leave bottles of pop in the freezer for all that long. When they've gotten hot, Ooh. you know, when you want to cool it down really fast, set a timer on your phone or something to go back in 10 minutes and see how it's doing because you don't want one to explode in your freezer. That's, no. That's one as well. Okay. Right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.